Hi, I'm Alex Freycon. You're listening to My Therapist and I, a podcast that isn't just about therapy, it is therapy. More specifically, my therapy. Okay, so just a heads up, this session got a little heady. We talked about something that I've struggled with for the majority of my life, something that I haven't really fully been able to diagnose. It's called depersonalization slash dissociation disorder. I don't even know what it is, but it leads to a really, really heady conversation. So, hope you enjoy. Agenda that you're working on, or do you just show up and you provide something for the day? For the, uh, for the, the time period? Now, nowadays, it's just, um, I just show up. It used to it used to be that we had an agenda, but but you got that to a place where you're yeah no longer needed. That's or, what's kind of weird about. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's what's kind of weird about therapy, from my perspective, is like I sometimes wonder, like, how did I get here? Yeah. Like I know I came in here for a specific purpose, but we've we've just meandered so far away. Um, however, uh, I originally went in, um, to start seeing George. Have you heard of something called depersonalization? Mm-mm. Um, so do you remember in our first session, I talked about how I used to get panic attacks when I was a kid, the, the TV dot. Yeah. So, and I, I briefly touched upon this, but, um, I had a really bad panic attack one time. And I really worked myself up to kind of the point where I started, like my vision started getting blurry and I started seeing spots and I was basically like getting ready to pass out, like hyperventilating. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it. It was a really intense one and um, I was exhausted afterwards. And the next morning I, you know, I went to bed, I woke up and I felt different. I felt weird. I felt foggy. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel myself. And it's kind of like... I was there, right? I was physically somewhere, but I wasn't like present. Mm -hmm. Like there was a disconnect between what I was doing and, you know, my experience. And it was like that the next day. And it was like that the day after. And I started to get really anxious about it. Mm. I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I did before that one instance. And this is going to sound great, like weird and ridiculous. And, uh, but I, after days turned into weeks, I convinced myself, I think at one point I convinced myself like, okay, when I had that big episode, it was because I was afraid I'd like pinched a nerve in my head and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. must have blown a blood vessel. So mm-hmm. I convinced myself that I was in a coma and I wasn't actually here. Mm-hmm. And that spiraled out of control into just me being obsessed with like this feeling of, mm-hmm. long story short, I've had that since the day you know i was probably 12 years old at the time Mm -hmm. and i never you know noticed a change back Mm -hmm. and i went to see george to talk about i did a ton of googling i spent so many years trying to figure out what it was Mm -hmm. and i landed on this thing called depersonalization which is um basically where your your mind is elsewhere like they they associate it with like ptsd Mm -hmm. sufferers have it a lot and it's just kind of like there's a disassociation Mm-hmm. between what's going on in your head and reality. Mm-hmm. You're not like fully present. So I went to see him to talk about it and to see if he could help me with it. And he hadn't heard of it. and uh, But we talked about it and just led to covering off on other subjects mm-hmm. and 
you know, here I am seven years later or whatever it is. Do you feel like you still have that right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yep. Which, and, you, and you connect it to that moment. Yeah, and it's like, I don't even, to this day, I don't like talking about it because A, I can't figure it out, and B, it's been so, and I knew this would happen. It's been so long where I was like, what? how am I even going to tell what's normal? Mm-hmm. Would I know normal if I even, maybe I am normal, I just, it's all in my head. I don't know. I spent so many days, like, just so much time obsessing over it. Mm-hmm. I finally just kind of put it in the back of my mind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it is what it is. Let's enjoy life. But there are a lot of times where I just don't feel like I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten used to that. Mm. And it's been the trippiest thing in the world. And it was so challenging as a kid going through that. Because I was like, am I crazy? I went, I told my parents and they're like, okay, you're crazy, but we'll take you to the doctor. They thought maybe I was hypoglycemic and mm-hmm. I was like sugar rushes, yeah. you know, blood yeah. sugar. And I remember telling the doctor, hey, this is what I feel like. I feel like this all the time. And my mom stepped in and she corrected me to the doctor. And I was so annoyed that she did at the time. <laughs> but now I'm realizing like she just didn't want me to come across as like a crazy person. <laughs> She's trying to keep the doctor from being like, Maybe we should send you to someone else. A 72-hour... Yeah. Yeah, involuntary commitment kind of thing. But they were kind of like, this is all in your head. Just calm down. You're fine. And I was like, okay, it if it is in my head, like, it's still there and it's still uncomfortable. What do I do? Yeah, so in all, in all your research, you, yeah. you, you went to go see George about it. He hadn't heard about it. He probably read up somewhat on it. You educated him a little bit about it. Um what what's the prognosis? Where does this go? What do people who have felt something similar? What, where do they what do they do with this? Yeah, well, um, stay in their comas. Not to put the pressure on George, but we never really arrived anywhere. We never talked about hey, here's where you end up. I don't know that he did research on it. Uh-huh. I mean, I told him. I came in. I told him how I was feeling. Yeah, he responded to that. Um, but the only thing I kind of learned was the people who have it had a event that caused so much stress that they decided to start to like disengage with reality. Mm. I was like, well, that kind of sounds like when I had that, I was having all these panic attacks and I had this one really big one. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was it. Um, but what I did read was like, you go to therapy, you do CBT or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy right yep and you i think some of them were like you relive you know you try to relive the trauma blah blah blah. i really wanted to get um an Mm -hmm. mri or a c scan or whatever what's cat Cat scan scan. Mm -hmm. just to be like can you look at my brain and tell me if there's something weird going on yeah did a part of it die did what happened yeah dude spotting something i I, like a part of me still to this day thinks if i went and got one they'd be like oh yeah you're missing this whole (laughs) little section over here the entire neocortex. Have you ever felt like, so here's the kicker. Like I had experienced this feeling before mm-hmm. it was permanent. So I was familiar with it. And it only occurred in moments where I was like um, playing, like really caught up in playing. And I was really tired. And I remember in those moments, I'd be like, whoa, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I'm just kind of, like my mind's not here. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, I was a little kid, but 
have you ever had that where like there's so much go your heat of the moment kind of a thing where you're just like well it's almost like i'm on autopilot mm. that's how it that's how it feels and that's how it was and i get like that all the time and part of me's like is it because i'm so in my brain and i'm just thinking thinking like would it help if i could just like meditate a ton mm. Yeah, that's what originally brought me to George, depersonalization. Yeah, so it has a name. Dissociation. It, it, has, uh, it has descriptors of what yeah. that, that you identify with and, and connect yeah. to, right? Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily have a, a, like a cure. Like people aren't no. saying, nope. you, you'll get back to, to, pre, nope. to pre-event um, functioning. <sighs> this is the new normal. That is what I have come to accept mm-hmm. but but do you do you walk around in your day thinking i'm different than everybody else not i'm, any, I'm having i'm having a different experience of humanity than anybody not anymore else. but i did for like 10 years straight yeah. yeah okay every day i mean i thought about it every day and i think it must have happened when i was like 11 and i say i stopped thinking about it around college and when you, you know, we had talked, we talked about your alcohol use at one point when you were less in charge of your faculties. So not thinking the way that you normally think, were you more aware of or less aware of this? Less aware. Depersonalization. Depersonalization? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely less aware. I was less aware of everything when I was. Right. But I wondered if, I wondered if being inebriated, being it drunk helps. or anything, not, not help, yeah, but, but, did a re, but did a reset or. Yeah. I don't know. You I wouldn't you even think of it. In those moments, you weren't, it wasn't even on your radar. Yep. Yep. Which like, who's to say, what is the difference between being quote unquote normal Alex and not having it on my radar? Right. But all I can say is that it, it it felt like I wasn't, it was harder for me to focus. It felt like it was harder for me to like be present with stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering like, man, would I be doing better at school or what? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, no, that's a great, great would thing I be, to wonder about. Um, like, could I give, yeah. Could I be present with more activities and do a better job instead of like being like, oh, you know, like even right now, like I don't feel like I'm here. My brain is all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I look at my hands and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'm in a body, like I'm physically in a location, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't register a lot of the times. Like it feels like a part of my brain is hiding. Mm. But I'm sure... If I did like it's it. a part of your brain that you're missing, like yep. like I miss this part of my brain, yeah. not that it's turned I'm off. Missing this part of my brain, but I miss it. I wish. I wish it was bad. Yeah, I wish. Bad. Like I, I feel like there is a version of my brain and a version of my experience that is missing currently, mm-hmm. or it's, it's turned off. It was turned off. Like there was a short in the circuit board, and so now this part isn't getting electricity. I don't, I don't, don't have access to it yep, anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like, again, I went down the rabbit hole of like, okay, and I started doing experiments to try and prove, like, if I was in a dream, could I do this or could I do that or, you know, because mm-hmm. I was so convinced that. And this was when you were younger, when you were mm-hmm. yep, through adolescence and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I don't think I really told any of my friends because they think I was crazy. Yeah, it must have been torturous. Yeah, it sucked, especially because especially because my parents were like, "Dude, don't tell people this." Yeah, because you're gonna come they're gonna off think like you're a, crazy. A whack job. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I was a weird kid in the sense that my brain was very active. I had a very active yeah. mind, and but I was suffering with it. And every day, I carried this, and I didn't talk to anyone about it. There was no one I could talk to about it. And that was a huge bummer. And it's kind of, I don't even like thinking about how, what kind of adaptive strategy I must have, you know, like what does that teach a young impressionable kid? When he's like, I have this thing that's bothering me so badly, mm-hmm. but I cannot speak about it or else it, you know, I just can't share it. Mm-hmm. That is like a, I wish that upon no young human. It makes me so sad to think about mm-hmm. that. But I digress. Yeah, great thing to talk to your parents about now. Now that you have a different understanding about it, you know, like, gee, what was that like? And, you know, we're at the doctor's office and I'm explaining it and you guys are like, uh, you know, hold back here a little bit. And You know what they would say? I don't remember it like that. Did no. that really, was it like that? No. And I'd be like, Revisionist history. Isn't that a thing? Maybe. Um, I wonder, you know, when, when people meditate, just try to empty, you know, empty mm-hmm. their mind. I wonder if that's something you could do. Yeah, so I meditate. I haven't been lately, but I have the Headspace app. No, not So as when possible. you meditate, is it about clearing your mind or is it about thinking even more? Cause I, it's about my, clearing the mind. Because my sense is that you're really cerebral and that's your go-to is thinking. And then I, and, I and, use meditation to stop that. Yeah, the, okay. ex, the exercise is to say, see the little, uh, there's a great animation, monkey brain. Monkey brain is something that's like, it's this little monkey. And the more you try to keep it in one place, mm. the more it hops around. But if you let it hop around a bunch and gently kind of correct it it'll it'll calm down and mm. then it'll just be chill so i use the, the most helpful technique for me is counting my breaths I count mm-hmm. from one to ten and in that process if i if a thought enters and i get distracted i acknowledge that i say okay there's my brain doing its mm-hmm. brain thing and then i go back um and sometimes i can get in a really great spot and it's very helpful i feel and and the, you get to that great spot, and then what is that great spot in relation to pre-coma state? That's a great question. I, uh, my gut is like we are closer to it. Yeah. We're not there, but this is the right way oh. to it. Okay. But who knows? You said your gut, and you pointed to your heart, which is fascinating to me. My chat, yeah, my soul. Uh-huh. The inexplicable, I don't have rationale or evidence to support this, but this is what I feel. Mm-hmm. That that brings me closer to it. That what brings you closer to what? Sorry. That meditation brings me closer to pre-coma, Alex. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you also said soul. What, what do you mean by soul? Soul. Mind, body, spirit. So, mind, thought, 
Uh, I would I would use spirit and soul synonymous with like um, I have a voice. I'm sure everyone has a voice in terms of like, hey, it's just like a- Alex. I don't know how else to describe it. Tells me to burn things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, my soul. I don't know. My spirit. My conscience. Um, it's more than that. Is it more than that? Yeah, because conscience, I'm like, that That might be, I don't know. Don't have an answer. It's kind of like a gut feeling, instinct. Mm-hmm. Where that comes from, I do not know. But uh, I, I'm sure it's a amalgamation of things I've heard, things I've experienced to form this sort of like voice that's like, hey, do this, don't do this. Mm. I think this is the way get into like a cool spirituality kind of could be the universe i don't know mm-hmm. the unknown it's my favorite thing about being human is that there is that this kind of unexplainable entity but you call it your you you refer to it as your soul your spirit mm-hmm. um those words for me mean like an extra dimension a different dimension an unseeable dimension spiritual realm something like that yeah is that what you're saying yeah, it's it. My, when I say soul spirit, I would. That's like, oof. It, I guess it's synonymous with like the unknown. Yeah, spiritual. Yeah, so I, I mean, right now I'm thinking about the TV and the light that goes out and dims, yep. and that. 10-year-old Alex mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. right? 10-year-old Alex who wonder like, is this what death is like? You know, you, you die and you just you yeah. fade into this blip. And um, But if you're talking about having a spirit or a soul, does that persist in your, in your mind and how you think about things? And- I do not know how I feel. I think a part of me is like, it would be really cool if death was another step in the process of the human experience, right? Or it's like death was just, you know, like I, th- I guess where I stand is I exist within a physical organic body mm-hmm. that this thing has a shelf life. Mm-hmm. And when it expires, does this entity go somewhere else? I don't know. Maybe it goes into the universe. I don't know. I do not know. Are there people who believe that we go into another body, another, another Yeah, I don't another believe entity? I stay. I don't think I'm going to become like a frog or like another human. Or a frog human. Or a frog human. <laughs> a French person. <laughs> but um, my dad's not going to like that one. <laughs> because they call French people frogs. I, okay, just wanted to make sure. Um, I kind of think I'm really fascinated by the universe, and specifically how vast it is and how it's continuing to expand and um we don't exactly know how it got started or where it's growing or what's Mm -hmm. the beginning and what's the end and i think there's something to be i don't know why but i feel as though there is a connection between that vastness and the spirit and so you know i don't know i was when i first when the light first dimmed on that tv I was most afraid of and concerned with the expiration of, you know, the body. And it's just the mind. Of me. Yeah. My expiration, right? 
And I think what frightened me was the mind turning off. And I do believe the brain also being an organic thing that Entity. shuts off. Mm -hmm. But the spirit and the soul, that's got a fighting chance. <laughs> you know, like maybe that gets out of there. So, but I do not know. I do is not it, know. Is it an important question for you to answer? I love that question, and um, I love the idea of it, and yeah. The idea of getting an answer? I love the idea of thinking about it, uh -huh. and to me that feels like more of a kind of thing that can give me perspective, hmm. a, a, a valuable pursuit in terms of like, hey, this would be good to consider more often mm -hmm. because it will help give you context for all the things that are going on that are bothering you or not bothering you know mm -hmm. um so yes it is of value to think about this and reflect upon it my one hesitation is i'm very sensitive to like as i'm sure most people are to this notion of like dogma and like hey this is the only way to interpret it if you don't interpret it you're in big trouble you know. Yeah, if you don't embrace this way of yes. looking at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why like I did not grow up in a very in a, I did not grow up in a religious household, but my mom was always quite spiritual in the sense that mm -hmm. she also appreciates elements of human existence that we just can't we haven't figured out yet and we won't ever figure out and mm -hmm. there's something there and mm -hmm. it's worth thinking about it, um, embracing it, you know, nurturing it, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's ironic because she was raised Christian scientist, which, I mean, I would say that's a pretty, like, involved mm -hmm. sect, so to speak. But she kind of experienced it, but it didn't, like, define her. She just sort mm -hmm. of went on mm -hmm. her own spiritual path. Mm -hmm. She's really big into crystals. Mm -hmm. No, she's not. I'm just kidding. Not that if you are, that's totally fine. Anyone out there. But yeah, I've thought a lot about religion, and at one point, so I'm the my brother was baptized, I was not, and I was mm -hmm. like, "That's no fair. I don't want to go to limbo." Limbo, right? So I looked into getting baptized. It's way harder to get baptized when you're older than it is when you're a baby. You just it's like, all right, let's dunk them. But like when you're an adult, it's like, okay, you got to pass this test, you yeah. got to study these things. Yeah, but I've always had like a, again, I'm more fascinated with the spirit and spiritualness than uh, like religious clubs so to speak yeah. yeah I think that I think uh, what you described that that group is growing today people interested in a spiritual dimension a connection beyond the shelf life we have you know our bodies um, but not necessarily wanting to embrace a, a dogmatic approach to what is and what isn't true yeah that would that wouldn't surprise me to hear, and uh, religion is a, you know, so Haley, my fiance, she uh, is a finance. She was a finance major that's in college. Religion. That's a religion. But she was going to be a <laughs> theology. She was. Oh. It was either that or theology. Uh -huh. She was very interested in studying religion. She grew up very religious. Money or religion. Yeah. yeah. Hey, they go hand in hand. They can. <laughs> Some people have got it figured out. Yeah, Catholic Church. Um, take that. Yeah, I got him. <laughs> uh, so, Just lost another sponsor. Yeah, I'm okay with letting that one go. Uh, 
so I mean, she's going to find this episode very fascinating. She loves she loved her theology courses just for the like debate and mm-hmm. thinking about it. And um, but yeah, I think that also drives like it's related to my therapy work too because it's attached to this idea that I want to be a good version of myself or like mm-hmm. a good person. Like I want to have a like I want to understand my. You hear this term authentic self. That could be kind of synonymous with spirit, if you will. Mm. And I think my therapy work has allowed me to get closer to that mm. and understand it and embrace it. So what's your take on all that? Mm. Do you know where I'm going to go when I die? Mm, do I know where you're going to go? It's pro- yeah. probably limbo. I don't, ah. know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I've got it all figured out. Yeah. I don't know but, that, but I, but I like to think about that. There's something more than this world. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so crazy. It's like, have you seen the movie? <laughs> you seen the movie Men in Black? Uh huh. So, spoiler alert: if anyone has not seen Men in Black, I believe it's Men in Black Two. If anyone has not seen it, stop listening right now. But have you seen the second one? I think so. At the end of it, they reveal that they're just inside of a locker. They open the door, right? And it's just a locker in an alien airport. And they kind of pan out. Mm -hmm. It's like the entire human existence was just in a locker. Right. Like, I loved that idea. They did the same one, same kind of thing at the the end of the first one as well. Did they? The little thing that was on the cat's, on Orion's belt. Isn't that the second one? I thought it was the first. Anyway, but they zoom out and it's a whole entire Yeah, you're right. System. Actually, the cat is the first one. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, I love the idea of like human, you know, planet Earth. Sometimes I think that like planet Earth, it's kind of fascinating to consider the universe like cells in a body. You know? It's like, what if we're just a blood cell? I don't know. There's so many crazy things you can think about. But I do agree. I share your belief that there is something when you, bigger. When you do think about those kinds of things, you can you can easily get to like the vastness of what we consider to be our universe, and and we, we're just scratching, scrap, scrapping, scraping, scratching, scratching scraping the surface, the surface. <laughs> of of like the the limits of what we know because of Hubble, and now there's the other there's another microscope out there. It's called something mm-hmm. else. The new it's one, like the new Hubble. It's the one's badass. Uh, double bubble Hubble. <laughs> double Hubble, and double trouble. Anyway, double, double Hubble. So we're seeing more of, of what's out there and, and expanding beyond what we ever thought about, and and yeah. we and we have the same kind of. I mean, that's the outward view from the human, but then the inward at the at the at the DNA level and the a t- subatomic particle level and things like that. Particles of me mixing with particles of you, mixing with particles of this chair. And What's it? Neil deGrasse Tyson said that the most, the vastness of the universe, the most common element is, I think it's carbon, which is a fundamental element it's of most human. Most of what we're made of. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, we are made of stars. And that was his poetic statement. Yeah, and there's that, that, there's that religious, um, biblical you know you, uh, you know you were made out of dust you know mm. created out of the dust yeah. of the earth i mean that's yeah it's consistent from with with dust. what physicists and yeah 
And like talking about this kind of stuff too sort of calms down the fear I have that I'm in a coma. <laughs> you know, like in terms of like, because there's something to be said about, okay, my existence right now in this moment is just a fraction of a long timeline of experience that goes on for infinity or whatever, you know? Like a blip. Yeah. So it's like, okay. That's your men in black moment. Yeah. It's, it's all just a blip. Whether or not I am depersonalized or not, there is this greater experience and this greater... Yeah. So it's kind of grounding and calming in that regard. Um, which is why I love looking at space pictures. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine what it would be like to be an astronaut and look at planet Earth from, you know, it's like all those little, all those problems I had, they're just in that little tiny little dot and covered up with my thumb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But my grades were not good enough to be an astronaut, Dr. Steve. I couldn't, couldn't hack it. Yeah. Well, join the club. I once, uh, I wanted to be an Air Force pilot and in college, I was just obsessed with it, and I got really drunk, and I um, uh, submitted for the Air Force, and they called me back the next morning. I was like, ooh. And they were like, hey, you can't join. Sorry, you can't be a pilot. Because? <laughs> they are like, what are you studying? And I was like, English literature. And they're like, yeah, no. You need advanced math, science. But they're like, but you could, you know, maybe be a drone operator. I was like, no. Oh, I'm out. Sorry. Thanks for the call. Catch you later. Yeah. But if I could do, yeah, Air Force pilot, Formula One race car driver would be my top two. Hmm. If I wasn't. Um, There's like only 20 Formula One race car drivers. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep. That is true. Um, yeah, so depersonalization, the universe, the human spirit. That's pretty. It's a pretty heavy episode. Yeah. Yeah, heavy good, session good, good place to wrap up so um and it's good context for you just to know that that's kind of always going on but uh, maybe i'd spend some so more if you're if you're in a coma right now yeah does that mean i'm yeah joining you in the coma like no I, yeah i've just made you up i'm a construct mm -hmm. correct you thank you for you've provided me with really cute grandkids by the way so i appreciate that i mean that is the level of detail mm -hmm. yep I mean, there are there have been movies on this very subject. I'm sure of it. Probably podcasts. Podcasts. But uh, you're well. Yeah, my brain says. <laughs> see, my brain is just doing this to convince me that you're not. Yeah. Wait. Or that you are. That I am not in a coma, because it doesn't want me to know that I'm in a coma. It's such an elaborate, I mean... I know, I know. It's so well done. Yeah. Because, totally. like, like you give me transmission problems in my car. <laughs> you, the level of you detail. Created, that, yeah. You created a, you know, a 56-year backstory for yeah, me that correct. I have actually lived to get to this moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a really, really... And there's some things I could have done without along the, that 56 years. <laughs> but that years. would have detracted from the authenticity of your character. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, man. I remember telling my philosophy pro professor in college about it, and he was just like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would think the philosophy people would be like, this is exactly what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. This is where we need, but the he, brain in the vat is like the, the famous thought experiment. 
the brain in the vat? Yeah, are we just a brain? How can you prove? It's a, apparently, if I'm remembering this correctly, it is impossible to disprove the argument that we are a brain in a vat. That's the plot of the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, yep. All right, well, we can wrap that up there. Thank you, Dr. Steve, for uh, your time, as always. Yeah, good convo. Good convo. And um, we would like to thank our sponsor, the Catholic Church. We appreciate all that you do. (laughs) Um, And in the meantime, everyone listening, I hope you're doing well. Thank you for all your nice comments. And uh, no one's commenting. (laughs) No one's commenting for you. No, no one's commenting. No, no one's I'm getting commenting. messages and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Yep. And in the meantime, all right. Take stay care. happy. All right. See ya.